A little over a year ago, we began a journey called All In. It was a, is a generosity initiative uh, to be able to raise money, to be able to expand and uh, take on this new acquisition of the building that's out front here, uh, Building B, which we're going to be calling a community center, our community center. And uh, here we are a year in. We raised uh, $3 million as we're in pledges. Uh, and I'm just so excited to report to you today that this past week we eclipsed the $2 million mark in receipts in. And that is a huge reason to be thankful. And I want to thank all of you who have been on this journey um, with us. It's been an amazing thing to see not only the, the physical things that have come from this, but the spiritual uh, results that have come from it as well. And you saw a lot of that on the screen there. Um, it's not just about just this campus, uh, although that's a big part of it, uh, but it's also about being all in for our mission as a church in our community and in our region and around the world. And um, you saw what you saw there about Belize, and I'm so excited. I'll be telling you more about that in the days to come, about the church that uh, is getting going this summer in Belize. Man, that, that was an answer to prayer, and I can't wait to tell you more about that. But I wanted just to report to you today on Father's Day 2019 that we've eclipsed that $2 million mark. And I want to thank you so much for your generosity and for giving to all in. And all of you who have given over the last year have participated, whether you knew it or not, because everything is going into all in because it's really for our general fund. It's for what we're doing over here with Building B, with the community center, and what we're doing around the world um, in terms of our mission. And uh, it's really amazing. We can't let you in there right now because there's all kind of construction and renovations going on. A lot of, uh, you know, kind of infrastructure, air conditioning. We definitely want air conditioning over there. And uh, so it's going to be a community center. It's going to be open to our community. Uh, we're going to be hosting a lot of things in there, uh, off, a little bit of office space for us, and a great place for uh, some of our Bible studies to be uh, Bible studies that are short-term in nature. And we're just so excited about uh, God doing that. And you're going to start seeing more and more of what's going on over there. You're going to see a sign pretty soon, which I'm really excited about. Uh, you'll be able to see it. So that's really good. All right. So I know some of you are laughing about that because we have a small sign right now. So we're excited about what God is doing. But all along, I told you that when we would have moments of success, that we would give God the glory. And I want to thank you for your generosity and thank you for your obedience to him. Um, but we want to thank him because every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord above. And so let's pause for a moment and just give him thanks for this marker in the life of this generosity initiative called All In. So would you join me in a word of prayer as we just give thanks back to God. As we consider Father's Day 2019, God, we acknowledge that you are the great provider that all good and perfect things comes from you. And Father, I thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you are going to continue to do over the next year in the life of our church. I pray that you would be pleased with the way that we steward it. All in for your message being delivered to this community right here, Hilton Head Island, that is about 9% churched around our region, which we did yesterday and in so many ways that we do um, in all, all throughout the year. And also as we take that message into the world, Father, may you be happy and may you be pleased with the way we use it. And we stop right now and we just thank you for your, prov your provision for your church. 
And God, may you use it for your glory and for your good. And I pray all of this in the strong and powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen. You know, it's, it's a busy summer, and I'm so glad that we paused to make mention of this and to give thanks to God. Um, we are doing so many different things, and one of the things that I forgot to let you know, we had um, a bunch of kids go to kid, uh, Camp Kid Jam this week, uh, about 12 uh, of our fourth and fifth graders went to Camp Kid Jam, and uh, they made it back safely, which is great. So that is the gold standard in any kind of kids or student retreat is that everybody comes back that left. Okay, so anyway, so Leslie does an amazing job, and uh, she and we had volunteers that went, and uh, they had a great time this week up at camp. Uh, Camp Kid Jam. And then yesterday, we had about 30 people at Antioch Educational Center out in Ridgeland. And so I think we've got a picture of our team up there. We joined in with some of the kids um, that are there at, um, at Ridgeland and um, at this educational center that helps in an area that is often overlooked. Church, I want you to know that. This is an area of South Carolina and an area of our region that's often overlooked. And so um, we were able to do some things out there, landscape, help them out with some building projects. We built a deck or began to build a deck, and uh, there's more to come on that. And I'm so thankful. How many of you were there yesterday? At, um, uh, yeah, there's, we had a few of you. They were mainly in that, um, in that first service, but we've got a few of you. I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of that yesterday. And then, and then this coming Saturday, our Belize team leaves. Um, and uh, so be praying for our Belize team as they go out. I believe it's our eighth time being down in the same village, uh, San Marcos, in, in Belize. And so I'm excited about them. Be praying for them. Justin's leading that team, our student pastor. We're very excited about that. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 and a few other places, Psalm one, uh, uh, Psalm. 119 as well, excuse me, 139 as well, and so uh, we'll be there today. And I want to begin um, today by just saying Happy Father's Day to all of you who are dads or those of you who serve in the role of a dad. We are so thankful for you today. And um, I, I, when I think about my dad, man, I, I had a couple like little neat things that happened this morning um, already. One is, is that in the first service, I was in the back looking over just some notes and kind of preparing spiritually and um, getting ready for today. Um, and during the second song, my daughter came and found me, and she's like, Dad, I want you to come and sit with me in church today. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to cry. That's really cool. That is awesome. So um, anyway, really a, a neat moment. And then my dad, um, my dad texted me um, for Father's Day, which is just, that's my dad. Like, if you knew my dad, that's him. And he said, Happy Father's Day, and that was really cool. It got me thinking about um, Father's Day. And one thing I want to acknowledge right up front here today is that I realize that for some of you, Mother's Day and Father's Day, um, it's a celebratory day for a lot of us. But for some of you, it's not. And I'm just going to be really honest today, and let's just go ahead and admit that and get it out there. And, and I realize that um, it's, a, it's a tough day for some of you. Because for some of you, maybe your dad is not around any longer. Maybe he's passed on. Maybe he's with the Lord. Um, and for some of you, maybe your dad is not in the picture or hasn't been for a long time. Or maybe your, your father is, is going through a difficult time um, with some medical circumstances. And, and for you, or maybe your past with your father um, is not what it should be. And, and I know that when it comes to our, our moms and our dads with our parents, there's often a bit of a gap sometimes in the legacy that they pass down 
sometimes there's this gap between what the Bible says, what God's Word says ought to be, and the way that it is. And so I realize for, for some of you, um, that gap is, is pretty, pretty big. It's pretty wide. But I want you to know that um, for all of us who are fathers, and all of you who have served as a father, um, there's always going to be a gap. Even if your dad was the picture-perfect dad, there's always going to be a gap. Because we are simply human. And we're going to get it wrong sometimes. We're going to mess up sometimes. And we're not going to be perfect sometimes. And as great as my dad was, sometimes he got it wrong. And sometimes I get it wrong. I've been thinking recently about this idea of legacy. And um, man, whether you realize it or not, you have received a legacy from the generation before you. You've received a legacy from, from your parents, and maybe that was passed down from, from my grandparents. Uh, Father's Day got me thinking about my grandfather. Um, his name was David Cullen. And um, I, I knew my grandfather fairly well up until um, I was uh, in college and uh, until I got married. Uh, my grandfather, when we were living in the Tampa area, when we first started, uh, when I was first born, um, when my mom and dad were first starting out, that's where we started in the Tampa Bay area. And my grandparents, the Cullens, they lived about an hour away. And so we didn't see them that often. Um, but I knew a few things about Grandpa Cullen. Um, I knew that he was, has been, was born in Scotland because he had a thick Scottish brogue, man. I mean, it was one of those, like, classic Scottish accents that you see on TV. Like, it originated with David Cullen Sr., I promise you. It was just classic. And uh, he, was, uh, he was about six feet tall. It's where I got my towering height. And uh, he was, he was a, a big guy. And he was big and he was bigger than life. And uh, I remember walking in, um, you know, when I was probably about seven or eight is kind of where these memories come from. And he would put me and my sister on, on his knee. And he was a little rough around the edges, kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a man's man. And, and, but he was a fun-loving guy. And he would start singing Scottish pub songs to us, I promise you. <laughs> my mom was just mortified. She'd freak out, you know, oh my goodness, I can't believe the content of some of this stuff. So anyway, her kids were, you know, just being terribly brainwashed here by grandpa. And he didn't mean anything of it. It was just what he knew, and that's how he grew up in Carluke, Scotland. I knew he was from Carluke. He was from a, a, a kind of a rough area that was uh, known for coal mining in Scotland, uh, a little bit south of and right in between Edinburgh and Glasgow. And I knew that my, my grandfather had immigrated in the 1920s. He had come into the U.S. in, in the 1920s. But, um, oh, and I also knew that he, um, he was a beer uh, truck delivery guy. And I knew that that's what he did with his life. And I also knew that he loved his cigars. My grandfather, Cullen, had a cigar lit on the front porch, in the living room, and on the back porch. And sometimes they were all lit at the same time. This man would walk through the house, and he would have a cigar in his hand, just laughing about life, singing songs, and he was just kind of a bigger-than-life guy. But there were a lot of things I didn't know about Grandpa until about a year ago. I went to New York. We, we had a family trip to New York City, and we had lived there years ago for about two years. And the one thing that we didn't get to do that I wanted to, because I'm a history guy, is we didn't get to go to Ellis Island. And so we went to Ellis Island, and it was great. It was so much fun. Saw the Statue of Liberty, Liberty and then... Uh, we got to, to tour Ellis Island, but I told Cynthia and the kids, I said, hey, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm just going to take a chance that maybe I could find one of my relatives. 
No one ever talked about this or, or knew about it or anything. Um, in 10 minutes, I found on the registry of a ship that came over that arrived on January 1st, 1927, I found David Cullen Sr. from Carluke, Scotland on there, and I knew it was him. I knew it was him, and I knew that he, it was him also because he was from Carluke and because he didn't have a middle name, which was unusual, and also because he was going, you had to write who you were visiting, and he was going to visit Isabel Johnstone, and I remember that name because my dad always talked about Aunt Isabel. And so he was coming over at 18 years old by himself to a new world. And he was coming over by himself to a new world to start out. Probably, in my mind, what I thought at the time is, is my goodness, this man went from being this guy that was, was a Scottish guy that sang these funny songs, smoked cigars, and sold beer, to a guy that's a hero at 18, getting on a ship with a thousand third-class passengers, tucked away probably in steerage, coming to a new world. And all of a sudden, in my mind, my grandfather, David Cullen Sr., kind of became a hero. For him, I wonder if, like, back then it was just what you did, seeking new work, seeking a new land, new opportunity and all that. It was probably just what he did, and he came over here. And I got thinking about the legacy. My grandfather didn't pass down a God-centered legacy to our family. He passed down independence. He passed down this idea of working hard, uh, of, of working for, for what you get, of being a self-made man. And that was something my dad passed down to me as well. My dad passed a lot of things down. He passed down a legacy of hard work. My dad passed down a legacy of a good, firm handshake. He taught me, I remember it was one of the very first things that he taught me, how, how to shake a hand. He taught me how to, how to treat my wife in the way that I watched him and observed him treat my mom. And so he passed down some of those things of legacy. My dad didn't grow up in a Christian home, but he became a Christian um, right before I was born. And so my dad passed down the legacy of Jesus to our family. Probably even in moments that he didn't even know how he did by fostering it and talking about it and being a part of it. He passed down this uh, just great desire I have for food and for grilling specifically. He taught me how to grill, man. I can cook a steak, and he taught me how. He's the one that taught me how. He taught me how to play golf. I didn't say that he taught me how to play golf well, but he taught me how to play golf. And so I'm thankful for a lot of the great things that my dad passed down to me, some of, who, some of which his dad passed down to him. But I'll tell you, there's always a gap in the legacy. It doesn't matter if you had a relatively good upbringing with your father or the person that served in the role of a father in your life or whether it was really bad. It doesn't matter whether it was near or far, the story I just told you. There's always a gap in the legacy. There's always a gap in what we want to and what we desire to pass down and what God's word tells us that we should pass down and how we actually perform in that. And I'm an example of that because I'm a flawed human being. And there are times in my life when I'm embarrassed about the way that I talk to my kids or the way that I treat them. Or I'm sometimes misguided on, on the things that I say or the way that I act. And I have to pause and I have to consider what's the legacy I pass down. And I am so thankful that we have a God who is our Father, 
who when there's a gap in the legacy that was either passed down to you or that you may be passing down that you feel like there's this big gap in, I am so thankful that we have a God who, as we just sang about, is a good, good God and is also a good, good Father. Check out Romans 8.15. Check out Romans 8.15. I love this right in the middle of Romans. Paul, the writer of Romans, is, is writing this letter to the church at Rome. And, and I got to tell you, church, this is, at the, like, this is the centerpiece of our theology right here in Romans. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. It is the central point of what we believe as Christians. And right in the midst of this, Paul addresses how we should look at God as our father. And I love this. He says in Romans 8, verse 15 here, he says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of, what's that next word say? Adoption. I love that. Don't you love that? Of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now, here's my only beef with Father's Day, other than the fact that it's not so big of a deal as Mother's Day, okay? Other than that, all right, and that, like, dads, we have to take pictures, and on Mother's Day, Mother's Day, you, you ladies get to take pictures, all right? There's a big difference there, but I'm not going to go down that track, okay? That's a whole, whole uh, yeah, I'm just not going to follow that. But anyway, so here's my biggest beef is, is that I would love for Father's Day to, instead of being Father's Day, I would love for it to be Dad's Day or even daddy's day. And I know that may sound a little bit immature or infantile, but what's the truth about a relationship that we have with our fathers? We don't call them in the moment of our greatest fear and in the, the moment of our greatest tribulation and trials. We don't cry out, father. What do we cry out? Dad or daddy. And that's what this word means. This word Abba is this intimate, it's this close like asking of daddy to be there in the moment that we are most afraid and most fearful and in our greatest point of need. And I want you to hear today that regardless of how you view Father's Day, whether you came here this morning and you're like, you know, it's hard for me to even get up on Father's Day, just be glad I'm here today because I, it's really not the greatest day for me. Whether you're there or whether it is a day of celebration for you, I want you to realize when there's a gap between what our fathers should be or ought to be and the way that they are and the way that we are as dads, we can turn to our heavenly daddy to find out what a father is supposed to be like. And we can receive all the blessings of being a child of God. And there's four I want to point out today. There's four of these things that I want to point out today, and I want to remind some of you. For some of you, this is going to be a reminder. For, for others, it might be an aha moment in your spiritual life. There are four reminders today. Um, first and foremost, on Father's Day 2019, I want you to, to realize and remember that you are created and you are known by your heavenly dad. You are created and you are known by your heavenly dad. Dad. 
I want you to realize that for a moment because some of you feel like in your life that maybe you were um, not known. In fact, maybe your father um, really never even tried to connect or tried to know you, and maybe you were even abandoned or felt abandoned. God the Father, God your dad, he created you, and he knows you by name. Psalm 139, the psalmist is crying out to God. He's, he's, he's expressing this idea, and he says, Oh, Lord, you have searched me, and you have known me. He knows you. He knows when you sit down. Verse 2 says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. And I want to stop there for a moment. That can be incredibly comforting, but it can also be incredibly potentially convicting. Am I right? Like the fact that God the Father knows our thoughts from afar. Whoa. Hang on just a second. It really causes us to pause, and it causes us to consider where our thoughts go. He says, I, I know you. I know you when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Remember when your mom and dad used to like know every move you made and you wondered how? And you're like, they must have eyes in their heads or cameras somewhere around here. Like they must have that because how could they know? And it's a little bit like God the Father. But I want you to know that he knows your pain. He knows your weakness. He knows your insecurities. And he created you. He created you. The psalmist goes on to talk about this creation in verse 13. He says, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together, he says, in my mother's womb. And then he says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written, every one of them, the days, my days, that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Listen, I want you to hear today that you were created and you are known by your heavenly dad. And guess what? He took his time in creating you. That's how much he thinks of you. And so if you're here today, and you feel like you've been forgotten by your earthly dad, first and foremost, realize that he's just someone who's just human. He's just human. But secondly, realize that you have a heavenly dad who created you, and he knows you. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. The second thing that I want you to realize today is that you are called, you are a called and a chosen child of the heavenly dad, of your heavenly dad, of your heavenly father. You are a chosen and, and called son or daughter of your heavenly dad. One of the things I think is one of the most personal things that you can do for a person is calling them by name. Calling them by name, not by a title, not by some kind of reference, not by something that they've done or haven't done, but by calling them by name. And I want you to know today, if some of you are like, man, the way I grew up, I'm not even sure if my dad, I don't know if he knew my birthday, my name, or anything about me. Your heavenly father knows your name, and you are his child. First John 3 says this. He expresses, I love this, right out of the gate, see what kind of love 
the Father has given to us. That we should be called, what is that next word? Children of God. Children of God. I love that. That we are called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, he says, we are God's children now. Now that we've accepted him, we have been now accepted into the family of God. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but what we know that when, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. One day we will be like him. And our job here on this side of heaven is to become more like him as we live this life. But I want you to know that you are his child. And some of you are like, wait a minute, you've already said that. By saying that he created me, you've already said that he is my dad and I am his child. Not necessarily so. This is indicating and telling us that he has chosen us, that our heavenly father has chosen us. Thirdly, I want you to realize that you have been accepted by your heavenly father. You've been accepted by your heavenly dad. And I don't care how great you had in a father or father figure in your life, someone who served in the role of a father, or if you're here today and you're like, Todd, this message is for other people because you ought to see the way I'm a dad. I am the perfect dad. I'm the model dad. There is no gap in between what is supposed to be and what I deliver because I'm a great dad. They should write a book on me. Okay, if you're that person, fine, go ahead on in that thinking. But if you think that for a moment, pretty soon you will be disappointed because something will happen and there will be a gap. I hate to disappoint you. And when there's a gap, when there's a gap, you can realize when you maybe have rejected your child. Maybe not directly. Maybe it's indirectly. Directly. Maybe it was passive-aggressively. Or maybe you have been rejected by your father or seemingly so. I want you to realize that you are accepted. Not only were you created by your heavenly daddy, not only are you known by him, not only are you his child, but you are fully accepted by him. That passage, that verse that we began with in Romans, Romans 8, 15, I want to read the first part of it right before the 15, verse 15, verses 12 through 15. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. He chose you. He has accepted you. Regardless of what you think rejection you've received from your earthly father or what kind of rejection you did receive from your earthly father, he has accepted you. For you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out to him, Daddy, Father, Daddy, Abba, Father. I love that. And the spirit bears witness, verse 16 says, that we are children of God. And so you may have felt or you may have been rejected by your earthly dad, 
but I want you to walk into the acceptance that he provides. And so we're created by God. We're known by God. We're children of God. We're accepted by God. All of these are, are his fatherly attributes and fatherly the thing, characteristics, the things about him that indicate that he is our father. And then lastly, I want you to hear that you are forgiven by God. And if the gap between the, the, the right kind, the kind that you wanted, the kind that you desired, the kind the Bible says, the type of father that maybe you desired uh, is the gap between that and what you had or what you currently have is pretty big because of this idea of judgment or blame or accusations. I want you to hear that you are forgiven by your heavenly dad. You're completely forgiven. I love the story Jesus tells in Luke 15. He tells the story of the prodigal son. Some of you probably heard about it. Most of you probably have heard about it. It's about this son, and there, there's a father and two brothers. And, and the, the one brother's the, the, the good brother. Um, in our family, when one of the kids is good, the other one is, they call them the special one. Like, oh, he's just special. Like, he does everything right, and, or she does everything right. This is, this is like the, the you know, older brother, the kid brother that you had that was like, you know, did everything right. He did everything right. He went out. He took the father's inheritance. He took his inheritance, and he spent it wisely, and he was successful. And he made his father proud. But the prodigal son went out, and he spent everything. He wasted it. He wasted his life. He wasted his talents, and he has to come crawling back to the father. And you see, our view of this story is, is that when he comes crawling back to the father humiliated about his life, I would imagine that most of us think, as a dad, I'd be thinking at this point in time, what more do you want? What more do you want? Because there's a gap there sometimes. But I want you to see how the story goes in Luke 15. And he arose, and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt What's that next word? Compassion. Compassion. Compassion for him. He felt compassion. And his father ran and embraced him and kissed him and said to the son, and the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against you and heaven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And this is where we're waiting for the father to go. What do you want now? How much is this going to cost me? What am I going to tell my successful friends that have both sons are successful? But that's not what the father says. Father says to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Bring a ring and put it on his hand and shoes on him his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Wow. For this, my son was dead, he says, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And when we read that passage, we kind of intrinsically understand that the ring and the robe and the sandals were all a part of something that was celebratory. But there was also an indication that those three specific things drove at a celebration 
of unity. Isn't that awesome? Of unity. It was a celebration of a bringing together. And in that, Jesus was telling us that when we have failed, that when we have been at our worst, there's not this gap between our heavenly dad and what we need the most, and that is full on forgiveness. And I want you to hear today that if you receive condemnation or judgment or blame from your earthly father, you can go to your heavenly father who arms wide open receives you back into the family with no questions asked. And regardless of any ridicule he may receive, he's going to throw you a party because you're back. All he wants is for you to come back to him. So today on Father's Day 2019, regardless of the nature of your relationship with your dad, regardless of whether or not your dad is still here on this earth, I want you to know that you have a heavenly father whose love is outstanding for you. And for you who are here and you're already Christ followers, perhaps it's a reminder because we look at that gap and it causes us to question, it causes us to wonder. We look at our performance as a dad and it causes us to question, it causes us to wonder. For maybe some of you it's a reminder, but for some others of you, maybe this was the aha moment. And maybe for you today, maybe you'll put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you will believe in him and say, you know what, I want to be a part of that family. I need a heavenly father that's as good as what you just talked about, Tom. My hope and my prayer is, is that today some of you would walk in the healing that you need and that others of you might accept for the first time this idea that he is your father and he is a very good, good father. Would you pray with me? God, I pray for those who are here today. I pray for those who their view of Father's Day is, is, is really not good. It is very difficult for them to even be here. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit right now would bring healing into the lives of some who are here in this room. The story about their dad and them is not good. And perhaps the story of how they are acting as a dad to their kids is also not good. It falls drastically short. There's a huge gap there. God, I pray that you would provide healing in this place this morning. God, I pray that when we have those gaps, and we all will because we all fall short, Romans says, that you will help us to be reminded that you're the good father. You're the one that created us, and you know us, yes, by name. And you've accepted us, and you call us your children. You've adopted us into your family, and you have forgiven us. And God, for those who are here today and it needed to be a reminder, it's a time of healing, and there are already, there are already believers in you, God, I pray that you would help the fact that you are such a good, good father to set them up 
to walk closely with you, to come close to you because you're such a good father, to never not want to be close to you because you're such a good daddy. And for those who are here in this room and they've never put their faith in you, they've never chosen to believe in you, Father, I pray right now that you would speak to them, that they would choose to be a part of this family that is perfect and it is good. And it is based on love and grace. If you're here in this room today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, I'm going to pray a short prayer out loud. And I want to invite you to make Jesus your Savior by praying this or something like it silently to God. The story of God redeeming us and inviting us into his family, the centerpiece of that, the entry into that is believing in Jesus. That's it. So today, if you're not sure whether or not you would go to heaven when you die, I want to invite you to become a Christian today, to become a part of the family of God through your faith in Him. You can pray this prayer silently to God. It goes like this. God, thank you for making me. Father, Daddy, thank you for making me. Thank you for sending your Son to die on a cross for my sins. Today, I accept you as my Savior. Now help me to live for you. Thank you for receiving me into your family and adopting me as your child. If you prayed that prayer or something like, like it along with me, would you just do me a favor? Just in the quietness of this place, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just raise your hand and look up at me? I won't embarrass you. I just want to ask you if you did it so I can pray for you. Anyone else today? God, I thank you for these. You can put your hands down. Thank you. God, I thank you for these who raised their hand today. God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus, God, that you would help them to anchor themselves into you and a church, God, that teaches your word. And I pray that you would allow them to continually come back to you as their father. We thank you so much for their day of salvation today, Father's Day 2019. And God, we all thank you that you are such a good daddy. You're such a good father, and we praise you for that now. We thank you for that now. We give you all the praise and the glory that you deserve for being such a good, good father. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name.